my little mic checky. Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, mic check, one, Smack two, one, Smackdown's Universal Titles Blue. This oh. It's ugly. Yeah. I ain't got nothing else. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Grapples and Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not you did that Black Friday shopping, baby. Uh, we did. Did you? Did yeah, you? We did. You went ham or, or like a little thing thing here and there? Uh, we got a 65. Oh, did you? Yeah, we got a 65. Did you? Yeah. All right, whatever, Playboy. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you get anything yet? I got like two things for myself, a bunch of like gifts for the nephews. Okay. And then I'm trying to get this TV stand. Not a TV, just a TV stand. Yeah, I was thinking about the TV because yeah. it was like out and about on the TVs. Yeah, yeah, they're they're out then. Like, but I was like, do I really need a new TV right now? No, this is fine. You know. Well, I mean, I needed a new TV in the living room. Okay, that's fair. So I mean, that's what it is. It's, it was, it's mage. Sure enough. Sure enough. Well, anyway, folks, you guys are listening to us on SoundCloud.com. Such grapples and apples and scrapples on number two. two. Apples, if you're not on SoundCloud, could be Google Play Music or an Apple Podcast. Either way, as long as you're listening, that's all we care about. Welcome to our post-Thanksgiving episode, our Black Friday episode. As always, I'm one of your hosts. Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I is. How many times I gotta tell y'all? Joined by my hetero life, man. Well, because I don't see in colors, it's just Friday to me. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> and because these shades are so dark, you know who it is. It's your boy, the very sensual, very toy, Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, your boy, Shadez. <laughs> Mr. Thrill. Yes, sir. After the, uh, the grubbins that we had... You know, last night, yes. Thanksgiving, I hope everybody that's listening had a very, very uh, productive, pleasant, pleasant, entertaining Thanksgiving. Word, word, word to your mother. But we're here to talk about the grapples. Not, not so the much apples. the apples. Not, not yet. Not yet. A little bit later on in that yeah, episode. Yeah. We're here to talk about the grapples, some Raw, some SmackDown, NXT, AEW's Dynamite. We got WWE's Landscape Post Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. We have AEW with the Celebration of Jericho and Beyond. Uh, celebration for the Champion. That's right. But before we get into any of that stuff, I just need y'all to do one thing for me on this post Thanksgiving episode. Ring that bell. So Enzo Amore. Oh, God. Keeping himself in the news. Nothing that starts with Enzo Amore can ever end well. Well, this may not end well for Enzo <laughs> if he decides to pursue this beef. All right. Enzo Amore is now beefing on his end. I don't think it's on, you know, Tomatonga's end, but he's beefing with Tomatonga, mm-hmm. who is willing to fight anyone, everyone, at any time. Enzo was on a podcast with Chris Van... an interview with Chris Van Vliet. Uh, He opened up about problems that he had with Bullet Club's bad boy. And this all stems from... What he says is Tama Tonga 
figuratively taking food off of his plate. Now, what does that mean? If you guys remember back in April, there was something called the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden between ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Enzo Amore and Big Cass jumped the barricade and attacked uh, the Briscoes. During that altercation, um, it was uh, Villain Enterprises, the Gorilla's Destiny, and the Briscoes. I'm remembering correctly. That sounds about right. Okay. So, he says that the teams were not aware that they would do this, causing confusion amongst the wrestlers and the fans worldwide. He says, and I quote, I'm going to walk up to you and put my hands up. There's a guy, Tamatanga, who took off, who took food off my plate. So if I ever saw him out in public, same thing with Joey, said Amore. Oh, God. Referring to his altercation with Joey, Joey Janela at the Blink-182 concert, where they were just basically dancing around, not actually fighting. Right. He continued saying, I'm going to walk up to you and put my hands up. The difference is I don't think Tamatanga is going to walk away, and I don't give a damn, because if you book him on the same thing as me... You ain't getting me because that's what he's doing. That makes no sense. <laughs> so he's basically saying, if you book Tamatanga for a show and I'm you book me up. for a show, I ain't showing up, which is fine because Tamatanga is a bigger name than Enzo For Warren. sure. So. Wait, so he's talking smack about fighting Tama, but then admittedly says he would not show up if Tama's on the same booking. Yeah. He's, well, he's also, he's also upset that uh, he's saying that Tom Tonga kind of 86 his deal with ROH. And I don't see how that Well, nobody happens. wanted that deal. Mm-hmm. Every every fan and wrestler alike was unhappy with that whole thing. Enzo, yo, people aren't taking food out of Enzo's mouth. Enzo is taking food out of Enzo's mouth. Well, he, he finishes by saying, if you're going to blackball me, Tom Tonga, the gatekeeper of New Japan... Throw a hissy fit, got upset, and he he got worked just like everyone else did that day. That's what we love about pro wrestling. He's a clown. Straight. Yeah, he's up he's upset clown. that he's saying that Thomas Hunger threw shade on his name, which, bro, you're a, you're you're not even a minute blip on the radar that is Thomas Hunger. You ain't going to Japan. You're not wrestling for Japan. What difference does it make? So Enzo Amore, do yourself a favor. Stop talking. You better backtrack your way out of this as soon as possible because. But he's all talk. He's all talk. So it doesn't matter. I mean, he fought Joey Janela. If you want to call that a fight, it's a fight. But that is a very low, very slow. Non WWE news this week. Now over in WWE, there are. There's one major story that's been kind of rolling around since Survivor Series, and one story that's kind of simmering under the under the surface. Uh, we'll start with the smaller of the two. So Seth Rollins, who we all know, has needs someone to tell him when and when not to talk on social media, in interviews, at work. <laughs> in general. In general. Um... He mentioned something alluding to CM Punk uh, during his promo segment on Raw. Well, the the crowd was chanting CM Punk. Right. CM Punk. He said, "I tried to get him here, guys. Believe me, I tried." It's like, hey, nobody like 
he doesn't want to do this. He's not going to... Him wrestling you only puts more uh, shine on your name. Yeah. Like, he's not going to do that. 100%. Uh, anyone who knows... I'm not saying anyone who knows Vince, because I don't know Vince. But anyone who knows of Vince McMahon and his thought processes and his tendencies and his pet peeves, he does not like mentioning something on the air... Unless he thinks he can deliver it somewhere down the line. Correct. That's always his thing. And to, and to that respect, to that respect, I'll always, like, I respect that from Vince. You know? And I'll say that a lot. But the fact that he doesn't want to just say something that'll never happen. It's like, don't write a check your ass can't cash. Right, exactly. So, the fact that, as of right now, there's no way of getting CM Punk in our WWE wrestling ring when... Rollins says something about CM Punk on Monday Night Raw, Vince don't like. Well, I have a question. <clears throat> Did uh, Punk mention anything on Backstage this week? Because I didn't get to catch Backstage. I didn't watch Backstage. That thing is way past my bedtime. I can't watch that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's on pretty late. I think it was on like 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's, and it's on FS1. I'm on like, Dream number 17 by then. Yeah, I tried watching it, but it, it's a busy week at work, so I didn't get to watch it. But I'm actually going to go back and watch it and see if he mentions anything because... Well, I don't, again, I don't know. Punk isn't scheduled to be on every week. Oh, he's, he's not? A, no. He's going to be a regular contributor, mm. but not a weekly uh, person. I, I thought he was going to be a weekly person Mm-mm. along with Renee and, and Booker. No. No, he's going to be a regular contributor. That was the announcement when they signed him initially. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, there's the that little baby thing. Now, the bigger thing, and I say bigger because this is... I mean, it is what it is. It's bigger. So, on Saturday night during TakeOver War Games, Corey Graves decided to send out a tweet saying, Hey, guys... In case you didn't notice, there's a Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion also on commentary. Um, not that you would know it. Or something along those lines. Alluding to the thought that maybe Mara was talking too much mm-hmm. during TakeOver. Once this tweet got out, apparently Mauro and Frank Shamrock showed up to the building on Sunday... For Survivor Series, but then decided that Morrow would leave. Mm-hmm. Morrow left. He deleted his fa- his Twitter account. Um, the whole nine yards. Well, f- you want to explain the relationship that Frank Shamrock and Morrow and all have? Maybe you're better off. They're friends, right? First, mm-hmm. and um, Frank Shamrock is Morrow's manager. Mm. So, very good friends. I mean. Morrow does MMA stuff, you know, he does uh, boxing stuff, he's a combat sports guy. Frank Shamrock is the adoptive brother of former WWE Intercontinental Champion, Ken Shamrock, um, and legitimate badass. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, will, he can kick somebody's face in. Mm-hmm. Um, back, back to the Morrow stuff, and, and we'll get back to the Shamrock stuff, but the reason why this is such a big deal is Morrow has a well-known... He suffers from bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, certain things can trigger him to really, like, go into his lows. Mm -hmm. 
anyone who knows anything about bipolar disorder is you have significant highs and extreme lows. Mm -hmm. Your highs, your when you go manic, it's just like uncontrollable, and when you have your lows, it's like the deepest depression that anyone like you're not getting out of bed for like weeks if need be. Mm-hmm. So this happened with Morrow and JBL a few years back. Which led to Which JBL's. ultimately led to JBL being removed from the table from the from the broadcasting table and now is just like an advocate or something and then yeah. does like the pre shows and whatnot. Um and that also moved Morrow from SmackDown to NXT. Mm-hmm. So this seems like again this comment getting out tomorrow seems to have had him spiral into one of his, his lows. I don't know how low it is. Hopefully it's not as low as it can be, but it was low enough that he needed to get away well, from everything and everyone. He's, um, he's not in good shape right now. There's a lot of reports out there saying that he's not in good shape right now. Uh, Beth Phoenix mentioned on NXT this week that she hopes to see Morrow back next week. Uh, there is no word as to if Morrow's going to actually be there or not. I don't know if he is. I mean, I when he went through that whole thing with JBL, I don't think he deleted his Twitter. And, I mean, the the, the, the fan base is kind of torn between... Uh, Morrow's a very good announcer. At least mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of fans think that he's tends, he tends to step on the other commenters. He kind of, like, railroads them, and he doesn't really let them get a word in. I mean... I mean he's a play-by-play guy. Yeah, but I mean, Michael Cole's a play-by-play guy, and Corey gets in words ed- edgewise. Is he though? But he he's labeled as their play-by-play guy. Yeah, but Morrow actually does play-by-play. Yeah, because Morrow actually does sports. Right. Michael Cole's been doing this, and he's just all catchphrases now. Exactly. Um, Tom Phillips does. Uh, Vic Joseph does play-by-play. But I mean, I mean, look, I get it, Morrow. And his delivery is very, I don't want to say over the top, but it's out there. You know, there's nothing subtle about moral deliveries, commentating It's, it's definitely energetic. For sure. You know, he's very loud, he's rambunctious, he's, he gets into it, he's passionate. You know, I love when they show the videos of him announcing, like, from the table, and you see how he get how much he gets into this stuff. he's into it. A hundred percent, you know. And that and that's gonna happen. I know for a fact when I'm feeling passionate about something, I can be the same way where I can just talk over people and listen until someone's like, Yo, Will, can you like chill out? So I get it. I totally get it. He's also really good at his job. And not that Nigel isn't or Beth isn't, because I think I think Nigel's really good and I think Beth is okay. But like do you really have to put that out there? It's on McCory? Yeah. And that's that's my beef and the beef of a lot of people in the industry is that's your coworker. Like, why do you have to go and, and blast that on social media and do it in such a way that's clearly like a shot rather than I think he's he was upset because I mean he has worked with Morrow in the past. Right. Maybe he felt that like, hey, he does step on people a lot and he doesn't let anybody get in, like a word in edgewise. But why not be a professional and talk to him? Let go, hey, Morrow, you want such and such. You want somebody, you want a man to be professional who had an open, like, re- cheating <laughs> relationship with his wife. 
with a coworker of his. You want professional professionality from that? It ain't gonna happen. You know what? Yeah, I do. You know what? No, f that. Yes, that's what I want. I want someone who's paid to do a job, so he's a professional, to act like a professional. I want. I want someone who can take his personal life and put that to the side. And when you're doing something that involves you, a whole team, and a bunch of other people to act like you're all in this together and have a professional conversation with your co-worker. We're not talking about, like, some Joe Schmo on the internet. We're not talking about some guy online at a bagel shop. We're talking about his co-worker, who he could just go, Hey, Mauro, listen, I love your work and all, but I kind of feel like maybe you can let Beth and... Nigel talk a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, especially knowing Moro and his mental health issues. Why would you go and just, like, go on social media and be like, oh, well, in case you guys didn't know. Come on. What are we, 12? I mean, I guess this basically leads into the next portion of this, uh, this bit of news. It's like Frank Shamrock sees that, that tweet and he tweets out immediately. Uh, Social media has made too many pe- too many of you comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the mouth for it. And he's absolutely right. Mm. I mean, you have. Um, I saw something a couple of weeks ago that uh, are completely unwrestling related. Mm. Um, Nicki Minaj fans were talking uh, crap about Cardi B. And Cardi B was like, hey, I'm in the city. I'll pull up on you. Just send me <laughs> send me the Addy. And uh, they did. And they were just back and forth on, on Facebook Live saying, yeah, I'm here. She's not here. Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Cardi B pulls up. And then they don't want to smoke anymore. She's like, yo, y'all need to like chill out because y'all want to be thugs on social media. But when I pull up. I'm here to scrap. Yeah, I'm not here to scrap. Like, everyone's tough behind... We call them keyboard, keyboard warriors. warriors. You know, everybody's tough behind their their computer screens and their phones. But when it's time for, for to get down to that nitty-gritty... They don't want to smoke. They don't want to smoke. And and Corey Graves did not want to smoke, especially from, from Frank Shamrock. Because he apologized on his uh, podcast mm-hmm. with... Um, I mean... If you're sorry, why even say it in the first place? You know, like, you know it's going to cause backlash. Well, sometimes I mean, what, you, you gotta, want to not apologize? So, me? Yeah, sometimes you got to think. Like, oh, no, for sure. But I'm saying, like, once he's already said it, you better go apologize. And it took him forever to apologize, too. I mean, this happened Saturday night. He didn't apologize till Wednesday. Something like that. Come on, man. You got to be better than that. Oh, it's exactly. That's it. You, I couldn't have said it better myself. You gotta be better. Than you gotta be better than that. The comment, the reaction to the comment, the delay of the apology, all of it. You gotta be better than that. You gotta be. The problem is, that I, I think one of the problems is that Corey's too good at his job, where he feels like he can just do and say whatever he wants. Because they're not gonna fire him. But not everyone's untouchable, you know. Yeah, of course, I don't think he's untouchable. But I think he's got a long leash. Hmm. It's 
been a while. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we've had an ambulance or a truck or something. So uh, he's like four blocks down. We can still see hear that I engine. Know, Jesus. Right, let's move on to some raw. Shan't we? I mean, if we must. So we, raw is the first show that comes on after Survivor Series. So we had Survivor Series. We're eight and AEW, oh my god. We're <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there, Tiger. Take it easy. We're back a little bit. We're NXT one of the night, with a score of what, four to two to one? It was uh, four to two to one, yeah. So the show opens with. Four being NXT, two being SmackDown, one being Raw. So Raw, yes. after their two years of straight dominance, they spit the bid this time. Right. So Seth is in the middle of the ring, wearing his blazer and whatnot. He looked like a. Jerk, like a, like I could, you know, you know, P- perfectly fit. It perfectly fit what he's doing. He looked like a, uh, you know, like a DB, like a DB, yeah, like, like old DB. There you go. So they surround the ring with the entire roster, and he proceeds to run down all of Raw mm-hmm. one by one. He's on about how you know they should have won, blah blah blah. And he goes, Randy, you were the weakest link on our team. He goes, Charlotte, you were supposed to lead the women's team. Oh, well, he once goes, he ran down, call Randy, yourself. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy leaves. He walks away. And motions the masturbation uh, <laughs> uh, hand, gesture. hand gesture to saying that... Uh, Look, this guy's a J.O. Yeah. Goes to Charlotte. He's like, Charlotte, you're supposed to lead our women's team. You call yourself a flare? She dips out. He uh, goes to the Authors of Pain... He goes, you guys weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> so they dip out. And then he says to Rain Mysterio, he's like, you more than anybody. He's like, I beat Brock twice. And you couldn't beat Brock in a handicap match with a pipe and your he stupid you, kid? Yeah, he said a lead, a lead pipe and your stupid kid. And so that's when he and pretty much the rest of the Raw roster all leave. And Seth is like, I'm doing this for the right reasons. You guys have to understand, blah, blah, blah. And the only person left is Kevin Owens. He calls Kevin Owens lazy. I think he called him a lazy piece of garbage, I think, something like that. Very possible. And then um, Kevin Owens decides, okay, I've had enough of this. Hits him with a stunner. By the way. Yes. So dumb. What? That he has his finisher as the stunner. Yeah. Like, it's just like... You have Becky doing her own Stone Cold thing right now. Like, why do we need to have Kevin Owens doing the stunner? Let me ask you a question. The Stone Cold stunner is a very specific move, right? Yeah. Playing a devil's advocate here. Is no one ever going to be allowed to use it ever again? Because think about it. Every like, we, we There's only so many wrestling moves and finishes in the world. And there's a quadrillion wrestlers with a million promotions. We've had the rock bottom slash bookend slash Urinagi. That's been used a bunch. The tombstone has now been used a bunch. Chokeslam's been used a bunch. Um, Pile driver. Uh, the stunner. Jackhammer. The spear. The stunner. Like every the, icon- the cutter. The cutter's been used by, like, a quadrillion people at this point. Yeah, but that... that okay, but the, the, the stunner yeah. is synonymous with Stone Cold. Sure. So is he going to be the only person ever allowed to use it? No. So then when is long enough? How, how long do we have to wait before someone can use a stunner without someone going, oh, you're just being a Stone Cold ripoff? Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Stone Cold has to die. 
Really? Yeah, Stone Cold has to die. Wow. As long as Stone Cold's alive, no one should use the stunner. Really? As a finisher. As a finisher. Really? Or to, say, buck authority. Like, Kevin Owens stunning Seth Rollins tried to make me feel like Stone Cold stunning Vince, and it didn't come... It came across as lazy for me. It's more like Stone Cold stunning The Rock during, like, the uh, corporate the corporate era. The corporate yeah, no, era. but I'm saying it's like... I'm saying that, that, that's a better fitting It's a analogy. better fitting out or, or Triple H, for that matter. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's what I like. I'm like, you guys are trying to recreate something, and it's just, for me, it's not going to work. I don't think... I don't think anybody should have the stunner as a finisher as long as Stone Cold's alive. So, I kind of agree with you to a degree. It's like Triple H's pedigree. I don't think anybody... Sh- like when Seth was using the pedigree, I didn't mm. like it. Mm. Triple H's... The pedigree is... Is literally the one-of-a-kind move. Like, no one else has that as a finisher. You know? True. So, I agree with you to a degree. Um, like... Like you said, the stone the stunner is so synonymous with Stone Cold that whenever you see it, it it evokes memories of Stone Cold, mm-hmm. and I think that's problematic for the person to get, trying to use it to get over. However, when I sit there and think about it pragmatically, it's like, look, the guy's been retired for like what twenty years already, almost. Like, it's been twenty years. Maybe we can start letting other people use the move. Mm. Triple H in the pedigree, I no. thought was... Triple H with Seth in the pedigree was a little different, I think, because it was kind of like a hand-it-down-to-him thing. Yeah, but it was still bad, you know? But it made sense. It made sense plot-wise. Narratively, yeah. it made sense. Yeah. We know that backstage, Kevin Owens did ask Stone Cold to use a stunner. Yeah, no, Cold he's said, giving him the permission yeah, for it. he said, you can I use it, like but, it, but... And Stone Cold even told him, you're not using it unless it's a finish. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold doesn't want that being kicked out of. Mm-hmm. So you saying that it can be only be used as a finish after he dies, well, Stone Cold says you can only use it unless you're going to use a finish. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold says so. <laughs> okay, so then what are your thoughts on the Eclipse? Because the Eclipse is essentially a Stone Cold stunner just coming off the top rope with doesn't a twist. It doesn't look like it, though. You know, like it doesn't look like a stunner. It doesn't have that stunner feel. You know what I'm saying? It's what it is, though. I know that, but it doesn't have that like feel. Okay. I don't know. I I understand where you're what you're saying, and I do still like my my automatic reaction is, ah, it's a Stone Cold stunner. But I think we got to break away from that. I feel like we got to start letting people use it because I mean it's a I wrestling. wish they let him use the package pile driver. They're not going to because they're not going to happen. Pile drivers are banned, but sure. I mean it's better. The stunner right now is better than pop up power bomb. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> so is it? And the pop of power bomb, he can't hit on everybody. You know, he couldn't hit it on. That's the thing. Like a stunner, you can hit it on the great colleague, the big show, this person, that person, whatever. <coughs> pop of power bomb is like cruiserweights or less. Right. Or you know, like you're same weight class or less. Yeah. I think the what I think also what makes this, the stunner so great, which is why it's so effective. Is that you can essentially hit it whenever, wherever, however, on whomever. One one would even go as far as to say out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, not not to be lame about the the RKO, but yeah, you know, Stone Cold. You, you give me a mid conversation, bop, kick in the stomach. Yeah. Hit him with the stunner. You know, it was so, it was very just. You never knew when it was coming. Mm-hmm. 
It, it was like a rattlesnake. It was very quick. A hundred percent. That's why it was a Texas rattlesnake. Which is why it's so effective as a move, especially with the kick as a setup. But you're proud of yourself for that one, aren't you? I'm just doing a bunch of Stone Cold like <laughs> references. It's like from one after the other, and it, it, it works. It works. Anyway, so that set up the main event of Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Later on in the night, we have Umberto Carrillo. Umberto Carrillo. Umberto Carrillo. Umberto, as they call him, Umberto. Umberto. Uh, he's set to face off against AJ Styles for the Universal Champion. <laughs> for the United States what? Championship. Oh my Lanta. For the United States Championship. On his way to the ring, he gets attacked by the OC, so he's wiped out. Well, they, there's uh, rumors that Vince is no longer big on Humberto Carrillo. Yeah, because Vince is a buffoon. He did the same thing to Cedric Alexander. It's like, go have a match, go have a match one week, three weeks in a row, lose every match, and then see if you can get over. Why didn't you win? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> How do you expect the fans to get behind a guy who loses? It makes no sense. Go like, have a fantastic like, I'm match. I'm gonna stack and lose. the deck against you and then get mad at you for predetermining your match. It you're doesn't. Not, you're not getting over. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any. It is also, the same thing as Cedric. You're having Carrillo, uh, Carrillo and uh, and uh, Cedric Alexander go against probably one of the greatest wrestler of all, wrestlers of all time in AJ Styles, who is always going to be over no matter what. Just it's, uh, Vince sets them up to fail, and then he's surprised when they fail. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you mean like the Pikachu meme? You know, with the shock face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> I like this Korea guy. Why does he keep losing? Uh-huh. He's booking... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's booking the match. Uh-huh. So he's shocked when he's losing. He's, like, he's booking the match. Oh, my God. So, so he gets wiped out, which sets up a fatal four-way for the number one contendership. Between Drew McIntyre, I'm laughing before I even get there. I know, because you're going to say it. That's why. <laughs> Ray Mysterio, Randy Orton, and Rakaki. Rakaki. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's so funny. Bizzle thinks that we shouldn't say Rakaki. I know, he gets too. so mad. <laughs> I was messaging Bizzle the other day, and I spelled it. Rick, cock it, like cocking a gun, like Rick cock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets, he's just like no. <laughs> I I know we need to stop using it when we start putting it like that in the notes. <laughs> no, yes, uh, yeah. As long as it's ricochet in the notes, still, it's like all right. Like, we haven't gone too far. <laughs> we haven't jumped the shark yet. It's like Shorty G. Like we can't. Yeah, exactly. Can't Shorty G ricochet. Right, right. Oh my god. Whew. Okay, I'm sorry. So, they have a number one contenders match, which Rey Mysterio ends up winning. And so, immediately thereafter, he has a match with AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. Well, I didn't like this. Okay. I don't like the result. Do tell. Wait, which which result? The Fatal 4-Way or the... No, the Fatal 4-Way, you have AJ win. Um, you have Rey win, you have Rey win. Who cares? Whatever. Mm-hmm. My thing is, you have AJ drop the belt to Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. and the way that he did drop this belt with Randy Orton hitting the RKO was like, what was it, uh, 
619 to the RKO to the Frog, Frog Splash. Splash. It's like, are we redoing the AJ Randy Orton feud from, from WrestleMania? Yep. Um, That's what it seems like, which I don't understand. What do we do with AJ after this now? Because he's not going up against Brock Lesnar. I mean, he hasn't actually had a program against Brock other than the Survivor Series match two years ago. And it was a pretty good match. Exactly. But it's heel versus heel. Clearly, Vince does not care about heel face. He'll switch that in a heartbeat. Mm. I don't know. And then, I mean, it's proven that Rey Mysterio... Doesn't sound like he used to. Not at all. But his merch does. Kids buy those masks in droves. Him, Kalisto, Singara, those masks, they fly, bro. I think that this is just a um, a way to get Dominic. Dejakovic? No, his oh. son. Dominic Guerrero. Guerrero. This is just a, an excuse to get Dominic into the biz. Like, Well, Ray said a long time ago he wants to pass down the mask to his son. Yeah. I don't think he's ready yet. I, I hope that Dominic doesn't even wear the mask. I hope I, I hope he does what uh what's it Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane used to do was like they used to have the mask mm. on their person before mm. the match like would they come out and that's it. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So as you already mentioned, Rami Stadio is the new Universal Ch- Why do I keep saying that? United States champion. He celebrates with Dominic. And Pop goes a weasel because a weasel goes Pop. Moving on. There's a Matt Hardy sighting. And Matt Hardy is... Ah, yeah. Yeah, but he's dressed as if this is, like, 2001. He's wearing his baggy pants. He's wearing his, like, his, his whole old-school Matt Hardy, Hardy Boys get-up. With his white hair. <laughs> and he has his match with Buddy Murphy that he loses. Uh, and then Aleister Black comes out. And they have a little bit of a dust up. So it looks like we're going to have an Aleister Black-Buddy Murphy feud. Now, I don't know if that means that they think highly of Buddy. Or that they don't think highly of Aleister. Because we're talking former NXT... Was he a former NXT champion? Yeah, right? Who? Oh. Alistair. Yeah. Yeah. Former NXT champion who has money written all over him. And then former Cruiserweight champion Buddy Murphy. Oh, he has tattoos written all over him. Ba-dum-bum. Aren't you a funny guy, funny guy? Uh, Yeah. I I, I like this feud if Black comes out on top. That's racist. Let's go on. I'm moving. I'm not even going to finish my point. Keep that in please. Jesus, Lord. The main event is Kevin Noah and Seth Rollins, which comes to an end when the authors of pain come into the middle of the ring. They look at Seth. They look at Kevin. They look at Seth. They look at Kevin. And Seth's just like, bring it on. And then they go and attack Kevin Owens. And they, they, they pummel Kevin Owens. And they look over at Seth, and Seth is, like, challenging them to a fight. And they look at him, and they walk away. So! Are these just do henchmen? Shield 2.0. Shield point deuce? 
Is this now Rollins with J&J security all over again? Instead of J&J, it's AOP security? It's like Shield the re-up. Because AOP has like the the shield get up before. Yeah, yeah, the military get up. Yeah, the military. Not anymore. Now they're all like in suits and stuff. Well, I don't know. Uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, uh, You're going to do the laugh? If Seth Rollins. Like, this is almost confirming Seth Rollins' heel turn, right? Right. That's what everyone's saying. Between the speech earlier in in the night. And then this is like a Seth Rollins confirmed. The problem with Seth being a heel is that there is no no. Who's your top babyface? Your top babyface would have to be AJ. He would have to turn like face again. AJ looks like he's in a program with Randy Orton now. But Randy Orton's your top baby. Well, he would be your top babyface because he helped Ray win the belt. Ray Ricochet. Ray, don't you. Dare <laughs> Ray doesn't doesn't need he he's not in the top right he just he just won the U S title so he's mid card guy now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Mann, <laughs> he's not main event ready. I agree, I agree. They're talking about a Drew McIntyre face turn, but Drew oh, McIntyre's no. character is better as a heel. I mean, he's shown on the indie scene that he can do face. Well, he could be a tweener, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. He could be a tweener. But he's so good. I guess Kevin heel. Owens would be your top babyface now. Yeah, that's obviously. Yeah, but Kevin right? Owens isn't believable with beating Brock Lesnar. Out of everyone that's that's going on right now, I, Drew McIntyre is the only one that I feel like can can beat Brock Lesnar. Believably, at least, you know? Mm. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you forgot to mention the Lana Rusev. I didn't forget anything. Oh, you didn't? I didn't forget anything. It, it was super important. I didn't important. forget anything. It was super important. We had a Titus O'Neil sighting on Raw. Facing Bobby Lashley. Rusev getting arrested. Cause he beat up Bobby Lashley. Like I said, I didn't forget anything. Yeah. Oh Lord. Some things are not worth mentioning. No, they're not. Moving on to later on in the week, we get to that beautiful, beautiful day of Wednesday. It's Wednesday, y'all. It's Hump Day. It's Wednesday, y'all. AEW Dynamite. NXT's Ugh. NXT. Oh. Oh, Wednesdays are just the best. Two day. good shows. Let's get into Dynamite as we usually do. So the show opens with the thanking celebration for the champion. We got gifts in the ring. We got a big old box. Inner Circle comes down. And <laughs> Sammy Guevara unveils his gift. It's a cut, cardboard, a cardboard cutout, cutout of the of two Sam- of them hugging. Yeah. I was like... Fantastic. The one thing that you're always going to get with... Chris Jericho, especially with a segment like this, is gold. Comedy gold. Comedic gold. Even even Santana and Ortiz. Now, Santana and Ortiz stuff, I will admit, is a little cliched. Not cliched. Um, a little niched. Mm-hmm. Because their whole thing was like, where they got him Boricua gifts. So anyone who's like... Chocolates and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone who's like a Latino... 
totally gets these jokes and thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, but like, but it like, may it may fall flat. Like Fred from North Dakota won't get this. Right, it may fall flat on Fred from North Dakota, because he <laughs> he busts out the Vicks vapor rub. Oh, he's like it's a classic. He's like, Mom said, just put on your pecho and you know, heals everything. Ponte Vicks. That's it. That's it. He busts out a pair of chanclas. And he goes, these double as a weapon too. Oh, yeah, moms know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think there's one other thing I forgot. And then he busts out the, the bandana and he puts it on Jericho. And he's like, you're officially a bodyguard right now. So Jericho is wearing a bandana. Looks ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> he goes, where's Jake Hager? And Jake Hager is by the stage and he has a goat. And he's like, her name is Chris Jerigote. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this. Oh, man. I love, I'm telling you, this was like, some people complain that this went on too long. I'm like, no, this is amazing. It's like one of those fight forevers, like, yes. go forever. Yes. And there's a big box in the middle of the ring, and they're like, what's, but what's in this big box? And the fans don't think, we're conditioned to think like WWE. There's right? going to be somebody popping out and attacking them. Right? False. It's Chris Jericho's dad, Ted Irvine, <laughs> wearing his old Rangers jersey. You must have, like... They were in Chicago. Oh. It's original 16. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fans automatically start booing. Ted Irvine's like, man, am I glad to be in the best city of all, New York City. <laughs> they start booing. He's like, Dad, we're in Chicago. He's like, oh, home of the Blackhawks? Fans are chanting, let's go Blackhawks. He goes, man, when I played, we used to beat the Blackhawks all the time. They were brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so the fans are all pissed, like, let's go Blackhawks. Uh, the Hawks have won more cups recently. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Um, and so he goes, I got, he goes, it's this big duffel bag. And Jericho's like, Dad, what's in the bag? He's like, I got a gift for all of you guys. Custom Rangers jerseys. So they bust out these Rangers jerseys. Jericho, they also have the number 27 on it. And Jericho says Le Champion. Um, Hager says something about like the big man or yeah, the big hurt. The big hurt. Thank yeah. you. The big hurt. Um, Which is Frank Thomas's like. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, this is so good. It was the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they all have like custom Rangers jerseys. Oh, it was just so good. And then he finally is like, okay, so I want to read. The, I want to read the letter that they gave me. He's like, but I don't want to read it. So the fans start chanting, you can't read. So <laughs> to Jericho. Oh. Because he called in Justin Roberts to read the letter instead because he doesn't want to read it. So the fans are like, you can't read. So Justin Robert reads the le- Justin Roberts reads the letter. And Jericho's like, come here, kid. He's like, what's your name, kid? And he's like, Justin Roberts? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't like the way you read my speech. Next thing you know, they're all jumping him. They're smacking him around. They're beating him up. And there was a marching band that had brought the whole, like, everything out. And disguised in the marching band was SCU. So then SCU jumps in the ring to save Justin Roberts. And that's how that segment ends. I don't think it went too long. I think each member of, of the Inner Circle all had their funny gifts. They all meant something in terms of, like, their relationship to Jericho, perceivably at least. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and um, what's his face? Virgil. What, what's Vir- Virgil's name? That like the only name that WWE doesn't own. Soul Train Jones. Mm-hmm. He was there as part of the celebration, and he got beat up by SEO. <laughs> 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 I 
His name was Vincent in WCW. Yeah, well, WWE owns all of his names. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Soul Train Jones. So that was how we kicked off AEW, which was fantastic. It's all it's all downhill from here. I've had you top that. So, moving on from that, you have a tag team match between the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent, along with Orange Cassidy, taking on the Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're watching this match and you see the best friends... And the Lucha Brothers in a match. Lucha Brothers are going to go over. Easy. No problemo. I'll put all my money on that. You're wrong. Because just like in AEW Dark, when Trent defeated Pentagon. Which they alluded to plenty. What's better than pinning one Lucha Brother? Gotta pin the other one. Gotta pin the other one. Trent rolling up and pinning... Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. To have the best friends beat arguably the best tag team. One of the best tag teams in the world, for sure. For sure. This is something that I like about AEW. Mm -hmm. Where if you see Randy Orton versus Cedric Alexander... You know, nine times out of ten... Randy Orton's going to win. Randy Orton's going to win. But you have the best friends who you thought wouldn't have a snowball's chance in hell to beat the Mm -hmm. Lucha Brothers. Mm -hmm. Actually beat them clean. That's something refreshing. Yeah. I mean, the best tag team doesn't necessarily always have to go over. Mm -hmm. But for me... Because you're doing your your standings, your rankings that come your out every rankings Friday. every Friday. You need a new team to start uh, feuding with SCU, and I guess it has to be the Lucha Brothers because Pentagon and CD have this little feud uh, continuing, mm-hmm. where CD eliminates uh, gets Pentagon eliminated from the the Battle Royal. They jumped CD before. It's it's a whole mess of things. Oh, uh, you're looking at the rankings now? Yeah, so according to the AEW just released their their rankings a few hours ago, and according to this, this moved Best Friends up to number three and Lucha Brothers down to number four. See? That's not bad. So if the, with, with Ortiz and Santana still feuding with the Bucks, mm-hmm. that uh, keeps them at number one and two for a while record would dictate after that that the best friends should face SCU for a title yeah well actually I mean Santana and Ortiz are the number one contenders according to because they're going literally by ranking so whoever's number one is the current number one contender yeah I mean but like what I'm doing is I'm I'm treating this like how uh, the UFC or MMA treats it if you're one and two already fighting then your next rank up after that has to Face mm. for the belt. Mm. So uh, you got uh, Ortiz and Santana's pride and power fighting for uh, fighting the Bucks, or the, if they're going to continue that feud, then why not put best friends in a title opportunity for in a sure title match against for sure. SCU. I'm just saying that because of their current rankings, Santana and Ortiz can ask for that title match whenever, and yeah. they have to be granted to because mm-hmm. they're they're four and one overall, and they're the number one ranked team right now. 
So, like, it can't be denied. Yeah. So, for those of you who are curious, tag division is as follows. At number five is Private Party. At number four, Lucha Brothers. At number three, Best Friends. Number two, The Young Bucks. And number one, Santana and Ortiz. I'm happy with that that ranking. I would like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy to start uh, getting some wins. Yep, start moving their way into this. Yeah, because uh, they're losing every week, man. Every week. And that was because Luchasaurus is hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's chalk it up to Marco Stunt being, you know... Marco Stunt. Exactly. What's interesting, though, is that what I like, now that they're really using the rankings, is there was, I forgot which match it was, where they pointed out... Oh, this is the number something ranked versus an unranked. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly feels like college basketball or college football where, like, yeah. that ranking matters. You well, know what I mean? At, look at um, earlier this week, Duke versus, uh, was it Austin State or something like that? Or mm-hmm. Austin, they, they, an unranked, no-name team beat the number one team in the country. Right. And then not only does that, like, bring a lot of light to that unranked, but you just go from unranked and that boosts you up a bunch by beating mm-hmm. the number one, you know. So theoretically, if next week we have Jurassic Express versus Santana Ortiz and they win, an unranked team could theoretically oh, move can... into like number four, number five. Oh yeah, they can definitely knock out Private Party and move into that that uh, top um, top spot, the top five. So anyway, let's move on, shall we? Well, let's talk about some uh, tag team action for the ladies. The ladies! <clears throat> Emi Sakura and B. Priestley taking on Hukaru Shida and Chris Statlander. Newcomer Chris Statlander. And I like that they keep just bringing in women slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emi Sakura and B. Priestley have tagged in the past before, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that chemistry led to them winning, beating... The number one ranked, aside from the champion, women uh, in the women's division, Hikaru Shida, mm-hmm. and, as you said, newcomer Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. The next pay-per-view is Bash at the Beach. Not a pay-per-view. It's just a... It's just a regular episode of AEW. Oh, yeah. I, uh, just a I special remember. episode. Do you think we're going to get Shida versus Riho for the women's championship, then? I think if we do, Riho's dropping that belt. Mm. You think so? I I think so. I think whoever her next big opponent is, she's dropping it. Which is why I think we haven't seen her on TV in a while. They're mm. trying to figure out what to do with her. Mm. I think they're kind of in a pickle where she's not gotten over the way that they thought she would. Her matches are not have not been as good as her first couple matches. And now it's like, wait, we have this whole women's division. And Riho might be the weak link here. And she's our champion. Yeah. So what are we going to do? So I think they're trying to figure that out. I think that's kind of why we're getting a lot of these singles matches for women's mm-hmm. and doubles and all this stuff. So, I think they're trying to see who sticks. Yeah, they're trying Who do the fans latch on to? I mean, the, the fans don't have a problem with Hikaru Shida right now. True. Britt Baker's always going to be over. Fact. B, B. Priestley's always I'm, believable. I'm not a fan of B. Priestley, but she's believable. Mm-hmm. Amy Sakura's got some chops. Yeah, but they already did that already, and she lost. So what? She's faced B- Britt Baker, and she's lost. Rio, not for the title. Absolutely for the title. When? Um. Gosh, a couple, maybe a month ago, or right before uh, Britsburg. 
She Rio faced... Rio faced Britt one-on-one for the title? Yes. And Britt lost? Yes. Okay. Remember she put her in the uh, lockjaw and Rio changed into a pin combination and okay. pinned her. I'll take your word for it. I believe you. Yeah. She hasn't beaten Hikaru Shida, or she has beaten Hikaru Shida. I don't know. But uh, she... Um, Emi Sakura and B previously go over. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is silly, but what are the thoughts of them having the four of them, Sakura, Priestley, Sheeta, and maybe Britt Baker in a number one contenders match, Fatal 4? I can see that. Who comes out on top? You said Sheeta, Sakura, okay. Priestley, Baker. It's got to be Sheeta. Either Sheeta or Priestley, in my opinion. I you don't want to recycle you, what you've already done, right? So she already beat Baker and Sakura. So you got Sheeta and Priestley. Priestley is... She's not that over yet. And she hasn't had a singles championship. And she hasn't had a singles, like, you know, it hasn't really happened yet. The fans are behind Sheeta. They're not super behind her, but they're behind her enough. I think if, if they do a Fiddle 4-Way match with those four women, I think it's going to be Sheeta who goes over. Uh, I'll tell you who should win, giving, given, like, the circumstances. Mm-hmm. If they're going to let... If they're going to drop the belt, if she's going to change... If the belt's going to change hands, you give it to Sheeta. Mm-hmm. Sheeta wins that match. If uh, Riho's going to retain, you have it against B Priestley. Mmm... Uh, I guess I don't know I, I I just I don't want B to end up falling by the wayside she's not it's a small division right now and you could rehash you could always go back to that Britt Baker B Priestley thing this is true this is true that that that's their ace in the hole that's their back pocket I think so that's I, their trump card right there I think so too alright so, moving on. Yes, yes. Cody, returning back to the ring to take on Matt Nix. Sporting a nasty scar from that cut. I mean, that, that, that was a nasty fall. That that scar above his right eye is... Woo! It was a nasty fall. That's a scar scar. Very quick match. Cody takes off his uh, weightlifting belt, throws it into the crowd, drops uh, Matt Nix, put him in a fig- figure four, and that's it. Mm. Post-match is where it kind of loses everything two guys jump out from under the ring the blade and the butcher what a name they uh, throw a beating to Cody and pull out the bunny a blonde woman in a bunny mask and this is obviously Allie and you've said this before that her her name on the indie scenes was the bunny, She's the demon been, bunny. Yeah, yeah. Which was an impact. She was a demon bunny. Mm. Um, so here's my thing. I don't mind. So when I first watched it, I was like, who are these guys? It's like, like when they kind of just threw the dark order out there. That's exactly my first thought was like, here we go again. It's another tag team that they're not going to be able to get over. However, I don't hate, and you're making fun of it, but I kind of don't hate the Blade and the Butcher. It's 
has a good ring to it. Bro, you are a fan of a man whose nickname is Switchblade. It's a nickname, not a real name. Their name's The Blade, The Butcher. And The Bunny. It's kind of dumb. It's like they don't... It, it, it feels WWE to me. Like, it feels gimmicky. The Bunny is totally gimmicky. The Bunny and the Butcher, I don't think so as much. They're just two big grizzly dudes mm-hmm. who are beating people up. With a, a one has a blade on the back of his vest and one has a butcher's cleaver on the back of his uh, vest. I'm, I'm down to see where this goes. What I didn't like was JR no-selling this. Because, um, oh, what the hell, what's this guy's name with the mask? Excalibur. Excalibur. He's losing his mind. Oh, it's the blade in the butcher! And Jared goes, who are these people? And I'm just like, oh, Yeah, no. but the thing, the, you know what? I I need JR. JR's, like, he's very hit and miss now. He's old. He's really old now. My thing is, we don't know who these people are. Right. You, uh, the, we're not dumb. We watch indie stuff. We know, mm-hmm. like, what's going on. The fact that you guys know who these people are already, kind of, I don't know. It, it, for me, it feels a little half-assed. Like, be as confused with us, you know? Really? Yeah. I don't like that. I, I, I do because I feel like, I feel like they have information that we don't have already. It, it's It seems like, I don't know, like... But to me, it makes them feel more important. Because to me, if Excalibur knows, oh my god, it's the Blade and the Butcher... Oh man, we gotta be worried about these guys. Now I go, oh, I guess these are people that are worth being worried about. But if I don't know who they are, if every if, if Excalibur and Jared are both going, who are these guys? And I'm gonna go, who are these guys? Do I have to care about these guys? Look, look at all right. Kane's coming out of Hell in the Cell. That's got to be Kane. The confusion in the beginning. With with Vince saying, "Who is that? That's that. That's got to be Kane." Like, th- okay, but okay. That, he told us that's Kane. Yes. How was that different from Excalibur saying that's the Blade and the Butcher? Because th- it was matter of factly, there was no confusion. Oh, I don't know, man. There's, for me, no one knows who the Blade and the Butcher is. No one knows who these guys are from from a but whole. If you present them as important to, from the jump then you're telling the audience that these people are important. Yeah, but so they, if you're there live, you don't know who these guys are. That's a fair you point. You don't care. That's a fair point, but, we're not, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the presentation as we watched it. You're saying you want Excalibur and JR to both be confused. I'm no, saying no, no, I, I don't. No, I don't, I wouldn't say be confused. Have some, like, some shock there. Like, who are these two, like, towering, menacing men? They tried that with the Dark Order. Where'd that go? No, they kind of no sold the Dark Order coming in. I it was the know. same thing. Oh, that's this. That's the Dark Order. Who's these guys? Two guys. It's like Evil Uno and Stu Grace. No one cares. I feel you. I don't know. I feel like everyone is different. Every circumstance is different. I think about WWF, right? I specifically said WWF. When the Radicals came in, if I remember correctly, the WWF did not exactly sit there and spell out who they were right away. Yes, they did. Did they? Yeah, when um, uh, they were at ringside, they said, oh, that's, um, 
uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, okay. Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. Okay. Okay, good. Like, what, are, what are they doing here? Like, it was kind of that. Okay. Because these were guys, like, big guys in, in the cruiserweight division. Exactly. Okay, perfect example then. If you're just a WWF fan, you have no idea who these guys are. But by them putting a light on these guys and making a big deal out of them, I knew as a kid that they were a big deal. And I didn't know who they were. Okay. So, same thing here. Chris Jericho debuted. They made a whole big thing out of Chris Jericho debuting. And if you didn't know who he was, you knew you had to care now. Mm-hmm. If you make them seem important off the rip, then they, then the fans know that they're important and to, and to pay attention the to them. The problem is they're not important. No one's heard of these guys. They might become it. They they might be important. Yeah, but no, but what you're you're arguing two different points now because how Dean Malenko, the, the radicals were important guys when they jumped from WCW to WWE. No, they they're important because WWE made them important to WWF. They could have come in and then were, WWF did nothing. They were names in WCW. Understandable. I get that point. The Blade and the Butcher are not names on the indie scene or ROH. So that's your campaign. point is that they, they don't have a following coming in. That's why you shouldn't, we shouldn't, why would I, should, why should I care about the Blade and the Butcher? They're just two menacing guys? Like, no. But then how do you build new stars? You have them do this. But you don't, you don't come out right and say, oh, that's the Blade and the Butcher. Like, oh, let's care about them now. No, that's, 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 for me, it don't work that way. These are two guys who are probably like, I don't know. PWG. <sighs> Let's see. Braxton Sutter from Impact. That's Blade. And Andy Williams is the Butcher. So if you watch Impact, then you know, at least you know who Braxton Sutter is. But no one watches Impact. That's not true. So no one's going to know who this guy is. They've been teaming up on the indie scene as the Butcher and the Blades since 2017. Yeah. So then there you go. Then they've been flying so under the radar. So for two years, they've already been doing this act, and then they brought it into AEW. And look how... We're only hearing about them now. They've been flying so low under the radar. Understandable, but I'm but like it's not like this is a brand new thing that AEW's making up. No, I'm not saying that, that that's what it is. What I'm saying is... These guys don't feel important. It, it wasn't a as shocking to see a Chris Jericho or the Radicals. For sure. I mean, th- yes, those are extreme examples. These guys were like big names in WCW. But these guys are an established act for two years now. So imagine, okay, now not th- with that in context, imagine they debut and, and Excalibur's like, who are these guys? That's a slap in the face. These two guys have been working this, this, this act for two years. Do a better job. Oh, come on, dude. Do a better job. They have been... There's no mention in the the last year that we've been doing this podcast, almost two years, that we have mentioned the Blade and the Butcher. Do we cover every like corner of the professional wrestling? No. I mean... we. I, I, I try to cover as much as I can in the indie scene, but there's and, only so much I can do. But we... we Look at news and everything that no, we can, you're right, you're right. I, and there's no news on them. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying these guys have been an established act for two years. To act like we don't know who they are, that they don't exist, is a, is an insult. Mm. You have to acknowledge that. Proceed. I'll proceed when I'm good and ready. Whatever. 
Moving on. <laughs> Kenny Omega. Oh, not going to proceed, actually. They're saying, there's rumors saying that uh, Allie being the bunny uh, is, ah, not is, jump, uh, Blade and the Butcher jumping Cody is retribution for Allie getting attacked by Awesome Kong and Brandy. Nah. I think that's a loose thread. Bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that one. That's whack. Yeah, it is whack because I want we need Cody and MJF in a program. We don't need right. Blade and Butcher taking on Cody. But I digress. Moving on, yeah, Kenny Omega taking on Pac. The bastard Pac. Good match, as usual. Uh, Kenny Omega actually goes over this time, so there is some back and forth between... So real quick, so since Justin Roberts got attacked at the beginning of the, of the show, Dasha Fuentes was doing the ring announcing for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. So when she announces uh, Pac, she's like, he's a bastard, <laughs> Pac! I'm just like, oh, good oh, God. It's not he's a bastard, he's the bastard. <laughs> I, lo- I actually enjoyed that he's a bastard. I said, the bastard. I was like, that's cute. Go ahead, Dasha. <laughs> uh, so Pac beats, uh, excuse me, Kenny beats Pac. Uh, moving on to the <clears throat> the dynamite dozen diamond, diamond ring, ring match between MJF Hangman. and Hangman. Adam I Page. love that you for in the notes you spelled it Hangman. Hangman. M I N. Hangman. Adam Page. Oh God. And if anybody thought that Hangman was going to actually win this match, you are sla- sadly mistaken. Cody. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Between me calling the U.S. Championship the Universal title. And me calling everyone else Cody. Yeah. MJF beats Hangman, and he gets presented this beautiful, as they like to call it, beautiful diamond ring by none other than... Yo, it's me. It's me. It's D D P. Bang! Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, boy. And I'm like, alright. I know my bad seed for the week. <laughs> oh, come on, son. Don't disrespect. <laughs> Not DDP. Oh, okay. No, it's just this, this whole thing. I was like, oh, okay. oh this is my bad seed. <laughs> my bad seed for the week. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, we had Cody. So guy. Damn it! We have <laughs> Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks scrapping with the inner circle. Both uh, Matt Jackson and Dustin coming back after, well, Matt being put through the stage two weeks ago and Dustin getting his hands smashed in a car door by Jake Hagar. (laughs) Sporting a black cast. Okay, keeping it up. I like that. Continuity. Injury progression. Storyline. These things actually exist. <laughs> and to close out AEW's Dynamite, Dynamite. we had Le Champion. Chris popping bottles of bubbly Jericho. Which they're now selling a bit of the bubbly. The shirt? No. The actual bubbly. They're selling champagne? Get out of here. When Amanda and I were actually going food shopping for uh, Thanksgiving, I said, you want to get liquor? She said, yeah. I said, we're going to get a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, my God. For two bottles? Yeah. 
we may have to get this kid. We gotta pop a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly for uh, for New Year's. So if we get two bottles, it's forty six. Right. Yeah. But then, okay. So here's my thought. Right. I want to have one to have one. Well, but I want to yeah. drink one. Yeah. Okay. So we would have to get four bottles. That's what I'm thinking. Four would bottles would be ninety two dollars. Yeah, but they only okay. This we get two quantities, and then it's two and two, so that's four. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to do the same. Oh, no. I want one to pop, and then I want one I to um, own. Like, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Is there a message? Yeah. I'm gonna, we got to hear this message real quick. I'll, okay. Um, no, we uh, Off air. Off air. Okay, well, okay, okay, I'll okay. listen to off air. Okay, so Scorpio Sky, uh, no surprise, not going to beat Chris Jericho. So Jericho retains. Move on to NXT so we can get through this. I want to see this video for the bubbly. All right. So NXT starts off with the big celebration. Another one starting with the celebration. Uh, but this is NXT celebrating their victory at Survivor Series. So the entire roster is around the ring. And, of course, Ciampa, Riddle, and Lee are in the middle. <laughs> Riddle in the middle. And, uh, bars. <laughs> bars. And they're leading the party. UE comes out and they're like, the only reason we were successful is because of us. Which, not true. False. <laughs> false. Because only one of them actually had a W that match. night. Um, and then uh, I think Champa was like, "Bro, we beat you at War Games, and I'll beat you again. I want my Goldie back." Finnegan Balor comes out. Yes, Balor comes out, and then um, the tag team title match is made because they said you guys have all the gold it's time to start destroying all that one by one and we'll start with Keith Lee and Dijakovic taking those tag titles away from you so that's how we start the night we start the night with the tag team titles on the line um there was some sort of injury to Bobby Fish so he was pulled from the match and it was Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong defending the tag titles versus Keith Lee and Dijakovic Good match. Highlight of the match was Adam Cole trying to interfere and Keith Lee doing the pounce and sending him like twenty feet into the like twenty rows into the into the crowd. <laughs> it was hilarious. You just see him, he's in frame and then he's not in frame. It was just glorious. Um but of course UE retains and they are they continue to be full of gold. Draped in gold. Next we have Mansoor who apparently only shows up for the Saudi shows and then the occasional one a year at Full Sail, wins his match versus Shane Thorne. Next up, we have a grudge match that came from War Games. Candice LeRae going up against Dakota Kai, who came down to the ring holding Tegan Knox's knee brace. Uh, match ends in a DQ after Dakota Kai uses said brace to hit Candice LeRae in the head with it. So, oh, like a, a Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph uh, situation there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Following this, we have Leo Rush continuing to show why he is Leo Rush, going up against Raw Zakira Tozawa because I guess this is a thing. Raw superstars can go to NXT. I don't know. As long as it doesn't help with, uh, doesn't mess up the. Uh, 
the plot. Right, you know, right. Like plot purposes. Akira says, oh, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> go, to, go to Florida real quick. Go to Florida real quick. So Leo Rush defeats Akira Tozawa to retain his championship. Next, we have Zia Lee versus Vanessa Bourne. Now, typically, this con- this seems like they're what I call the developmental match of the week, or one of the developmental matches of the week. Mm-hmm. However, what I liked is that NXT used this to bridge into one of their main stories. So Zia Lee is facing up against Vanessa Bourne, and this is probably something that you don't see often in wrestling, and I'm so happy that we saw it this time, is that Zia Lee's in the middle of the match. She's about to win when Baszler and her cronies come to the stage, and instead of letting that distract her, she sees them, finishes the match, gets the W on Vanessa Bourne, and then pushes Vanessa Bourne out of the ring, and then she gets herself ready for Baszler, Shafir, and Duke. And I'm like, why does no one else ever do this? If you're, Whenever you watch wrestling, when someone comes out to the stage, they get super distracted, as if nothing, like they just get tunnel vision, and then they lose somehow. Anyway. <clears throat> they come down to the ring, beat up on Zia Lee. Rhea Ripley comes to make the save, and... Uh, Gets in her face and has a conversation with Shayna Baszler. 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 The main event is Finn Balor versus Thomas Ochampo. <laughs> Thomas Thomas Ochampo. Which Finn Bin Balor wins. And it's funny because Adam Cole gets himself involved in the match. Who? I'm sorry, Adam Cole Bebe. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Finn Balor standing over Ciampa... And Adam Cole's behind him, and he kind of pats him on the back like, good job, good buddy. And then Finn Balor decides to hit him with a Pele kick from behind and <laughs> knocks out Adam Cole. <laughs> so it's like, well done, sir. And that's essentially NXT in a nutshell. So we can move on to the... Uh, Friday. The very glorious, glorious Black Friday post-Thanksgiving... Sitting on your TV and digesting all that food. Friday night SmackDown. Yeah, sure. SmackDown was teased on Twitter that Roman Reigns will be opening up SmackDown with an announcement. And he does. He just gets cut off by Robert Roode. Talks about his family, and uh, you don't talk about the big dog's family. Turns into a match, Roman Reigns and uh, Robert Roode. Okay. Roman Reigns goes over because Roman wins lull. Was his Cena wins lull? Now it's Roman wins lull. <laughs> Mustafa Ali defeats Drew Gulak. We can call SmackDown the return. <laughs> Smackdown, the return. So, one of the returns we have was Sheamus. No longer sporting his mohawk. Boo. Still with goofy facial hair. Boo. Cutting a backstage promo. All right. So, where does this go from here? Who knows? Is he going to be in the Universal title scene? Is he going to be in the IC title scene? Is he going to be in the tag? Is him and Cesar getting back together? Probably not. Probably not. Who knows what's going to happen? Is he going to be in the 24-7 championship scene? <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> I thought that uh, Sheamus is going to start retire, like 
thinking about retiring soon because really? he was um oh because the injuries he's injuries and he's old you know he's like in his forties now yeah but in this day and age that's not old for wrestling anymore very true but there's a difference between Sheamus forty and AJ Styles forty that's you know? true. AJ, who's never really hurt, and Sheamus, who's hurt all the time. Quite often, unfortunately. Yeah. So we have a segment between Sasha Banks and Bailey mm-hmm. and a now recently turned face, Lacey Evans. Well, she appears to turn face during this segment. Well, there were hints of her turning face uh, at the Saudi show when she was doing her match with. Uh, Natalia, they're frenemies basically. Like, all right, this is respect. We'll we'll shake each other's hands. It's a whole it was a whole thing. Like you can, the writing was on the wall for that. Especially then that and her being on Team SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I don't like Lacey Evans as a as a as a face. Her her gimmick only works better as a heel. Well, I don't like Lacey Evans. Period. Well, people were cheering for Lacey Evans, so... It was just mind-blowing to me. There is a backing. I mean, she's not bad in the ring. She's improving. She's improving, you know, every match. You know, she's not uh, She's not Dana Brooke. Yo, but Sasha, she, yo, but Sasha she's not, said Dana you know, Brooke couldn't flex herself out of a paper bag. Woof. Not like this. I was like, the disrespect. Not like this. Hey. What? Order has been received. Oh, we lit. 30 oh bucks god. for shipping, though. Oh my god. Yeah. Whatever. It's coming to my job. When? Oh, is this pre order, right? No. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, pre order bottles will begin shipping the second week of December. So we'll get, we should get it before New Year's. <sighs> Depending on where it's coming from, yeah. Huh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, we, just, we, we just bought a little bit of the bubbly. So, uh, Lacey Evans hits the women's right on both of them? No, just Sasha. So, I guess they're Sasha gonna... gets in, the, in between. Cause, so, she starts giving Bailey guff for tapping out. Oh. And so then she taps on Bailey's championship and goes one, two, three. And then Sasha gets in between them. And she's like, don't you touch her. And then, crack. Women's right. Down goes Sasha. Mm. I love your notes for this. <laughs> Muscle man dance plus rap equals stupid. <laughs> we had a Firefly Funhouse. Muscle man dance <sighs> with Huskus the pig. Yep. Throwing down some ill bars. <sighs> some sick bars. <sighs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you have uh, Nikki Cross fighting... Uh, who was it? Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville from Fire and Desire. She wins. She wins, and then she gets beaten up by Fire and Desire. And who comes to make the save? Benna, but Benna, 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 a returning Benna, Little Benna, Miss Benna, Bliss. Benna. Alexa Bliss, welcome back. I know that you're not a big fan of her. It's whatever. Like I think she's she she came out like she came out of a cannon, doing her thing. I'm, and, and it's funny, as she was doing her thing, I, I decided to myself, let's give Alexa Bliss a chance. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I really, I'm not a fan of hers. I think she's overhyped and overrated beyond belief. But I'm going to give her a shot. I'm going to give her a shot. 
And Nikki Cross was hugging her like like a dog who just saw her owner after like back being in the, the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back from the war. Bro, my God. I mean, at least they're keeping up continuity. Yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. The is, is still Nikki, uh, Nikki, Nikki Cross. I was just saying Nikki Minaj's. <laughs> so that that's good. Yeah. Uh, another return. Of the Jedi? Elias. Bling. I don't care for this. I was big on Elias, and then he started like he became like a little weasel yeah. with uh, Shane, and I was like, you know what? F this. I don't care about him anymore. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Go away. You had the New Day defending the tag team titles against Black, and in an open challenge, mind you, against Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Black. So you automatically know. That the new day will go over as they do. Trouble in Paradise onto Cesaro for the one, two, three. And to close out SmackDown, the Yes movement is now has been revived, not from Daniel Bryan, but from the fans, the universe who believed and achieved and conceived this. Okay, bars. They rebirthed the Yes Movement. And he said, it doesn't feel right unless I'm doing it with you. Yes, yes, yes. And then we get... Fickle. Yeah, right? I was like, he called us Fickle and and Who's Fickle now? You know, a couple months ago, but all of a sudden... Who Fickle now, huh? So then we had Bray Wyatt saying that there's a... uh, He promised a new face for... The Firefly Funhouse. And there was no new face. he's a man of his word. And then he attacks Daniel Bryan from under the ring. Pulls him into the ring. And then proceeds to pull out fake clumps of hair from Daniel Bryan. And it goes off air. With a minute left. With a minute yeah, left. No new face, just somebody's fake hair being ripped out, and Bray Wyatt, the fiend, laughing in the ring. I don't get it. I I don't know, man. I liked the whole fiend thing when he wasn't here every week. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, hey, this is the Universal Champion. He has to be on every freaking week now. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? You lost me. You, the, you, you, you lost me with The Fiend. This is one of the reasons why I said he should have never won the championship. Because that character has no business wanting that championship, let alone having that championship. But what do I know? I'm just an idiot with a microphone in my living room. Anyway, speaking of idiocy, in wrestling, sometimes there are good seeds. Well, there's definitely a lot of bad seeds. But at the end of the day, all the seeds combine to make the beautiful tree and the beautiful garden that is professional wrestling. Forest. The forest for the trees. So... Vince can't see the force for the trees. Shit, <laughs> ain't that the dang truth. Mr. Shadez, 
Would you like to go first in giving this week's good seed? I, I would. Okay. I would like to go first. Now, usually I have a lot more preparation for my good seed. H? Sorry? Think about it. Oh, preparation. There you go. There you go. I'm 12. I'm an adult. (laughs) Boo this man! (laughs) Boo! (laughs) So my good seed for this week is going to be the celebration for the champion. Okay. Especially because the... uh, Chris Jericho... No, but the or and don't forget the Spanish stereotypes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We forgot to mention that uh, select fans under their chairs got uh, coupons for fifty, for 50 cent cents off, off of Chris Jericho merch. Yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> All you had to do was put Le Champion in. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the uh, what the hell is it called? The fifty cents off coupon. I love Jericho. He's the greatest. He's well, been the greatest. It for years. He's the greatest. So that is my good seed for the the week. Okay. And your bad? Oh, of course. It has to go to Lana, Rusev, and Bobby Lashley. I thought you said it was, I thought it was going to be the... No, uh... it's a swerve, guy. Oh. It's a swerve. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, why? <laughs> why is this still going on? <laughs> why? Rusev attacks... Uh, Lana's boyfriend and he gets arrested. They're taking pictures on on Twitter and Instagram. I'm thankful for Bobby Lashley. So stupid. But I never even meant to. Like, I I always forget to mention is that Rusev doesn't even call Bobby Lashley Bobby Lashley. He calls him Bob. Bob Lashley. (laughs) No. Bob. I'm Bobby Lashley. Bob's my dad. Like, no. He's like, come on, Bob. Let's do this, Bob. Like, no, just call him Robert Lashley now. Like, come on. What is this? So, I mean, what is this got to be? Four out of the five weeks that we've been doing this, Rusev in this segment has been getting it. So dumb. Couldn't agree with you more. So missed the thrill. Yes, sir. We've always had difference of opinions in terms of our good seeds and our bad seeds. So give me your good seed. I want to hear what you got to say. Shoot, me too. Um, man. You took the no-brainer. I don't know, man. This is tough. This is definitely tough. I. It's funny. My good seed is, is hard to pick from because there's only so few. Yeah. My bad seed is going to be hard to pick from because there are so many. Yeah. All right. My good seed for the week is going to go to... I tried to delete it as long as Yeah, I was like, you're dragging this out. You still don't have any idea. I got nothing. Um, I got to pick something, right? I got to pick something. I mean, you don't have to pick a good no, no, seat. No, 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 no. I don't want to be comical again. Because I was going to say the Adam Cole getting pounced by Keith Lee 20 rows into the into the crowd. Hey, it's but your good seed, man. You can choose whatever the hell you want it to be. 
I'm, I'm going to do an overarching thing. I'm going to say for now, my good seed is the booking over at AEW. Okay. Them really utilizing the ranking system, starting to mention the ranking system more often, letting fans know where to find it, when to find it, how to... Okay, every Friday night, rankings are going to be out, bomb. And now, like, they always said, statistics are going to matter, you know, wins and losses are going to matter. Now we're starting to see how. So... You really don't want to have two of the same seeds, do you? I don't. I don't. (laughs) But, but but now that I'm saying it, I, I do stand by that. I, yeah. th- that is my good seed of the week. That they're they're really utilizing the whole ranking system, and all that stuff. Now my bad seed. Man, I could go with the diamond ring. I could go with Lacey Evans face turn. I can go with, you know, Ray winning the U.S. title. But you can't go for all of them. I think anyone who knows me knows I, I have to pick this. Stupid muscle man dance. Oh my god, I was afraid you were going to say Lacey Evans. No, I can't. I, like, I could have picked Corey Graves and his stupidity. I could have picked Enzo and his stupidity. God, this is a really bad week for wrestling. <laughs> but the muscle, I can't. Oh my god. I, I don't think anyone understands just how much I hate the muscle man dance because of like I feel like it completely undercuts Bray Wyatt and the Fiend and that whole thing I mean it is pretty dumb and then you have Huskis rapping this week bars and 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 Bray saying like yeah yo what the diggity bro I'm just like no I just I like want a guy from Louisiana I, bro I, I want to hit myself in the face every time I just bad seed muscle man dance Okay. Ugh. Anyway. This is going to wrap up our show this week. Our post-Thanksgiving Black Friday edition. Pre-Christmas. Pre-Christmas. Wait, we got a ways to go before that. Edition of Grapples to Apples. As always, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples at number two. two apples. If you haven't been listening to us on SoundCloud, it might be on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. Whatever your preference is for listening to your podcast and whatever else you listen to. Don't forget to check us out on our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two. two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to get us in as many ears and eyes as possible. We would really appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts. Ill will the thrill, the poetarian, the Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I'll be, baby, because that's who I is. Why don't you believe me? Join. Find my head roll light, but tell me who you are, man. The very, oh, excuse me. It wasn't very sensual. The very tight. <laughs> man of the hour. Man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop. Rise at the top. Your boy Shades. And don't forget, guys. Do not forget, there's only four weeks left in this calendar year. That means our Golden oh, Apple Awards boy, are going to be coming up it. in three weeks' time. Better start thinking about it, y'all. Let us know who you guys have. We will give you guys the categories next week on the podcast. Yes, sir. So stick, uh, you know, stay tuned and listen to us and give us your, uh, your Golden Apples, your Rotten Apples of the Year, so we can read them on air and... Laugh about them like we're going to do it with ours. Exactly. But in order to do that, you got to make sure you listen to this week, next week, and every other week. 
Because remember, an apple a day, bad wrestling. Peace. Some love.